Hello and welcome to another episode of Game On, Zan. Spirekin's podcast dedicated to all forms of gaming, whether it be board game, tabletop RPG, video game, or physical games. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well and hope you're excited for another fun-filled podcast. I've got a real treat for you in this episode, but beforehand, if you want to check out our earlier episodes of this podcast and our various other shows, you can find them at www.spirekin.com or youtube.com forward slash Spirekin, or various other social media sites. Just search Spirekin, that's S-P-I-R-A-K-E-N, in the search bar, and I guarantee you'll find us one way or another. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and if you enjoy what you hear, support our Patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy. Now that that chilling is out of the way, let's actually get to the agenda of the episode. I have had the wonderful pleasure of interviewing the founder of Son of Oak Games Studios and the creator of City of Heroes, Amit Mosh on his latest project, Tokyo Otherscape, which launched its Kickstarter last week. So with that in mind, let's actually get to it. So yeah, joining me is the founder of Son of Oak Studios and the creator of City of Mist in the new Tokyo Otherscape. Amit, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Great to be here. I am doing excellent. Also, I have to say congratulations. 38 minutes, 25 seconds to be fully know, right? <laughs> Oh, I was in that yeah, very coming down. <laughs> yeah, that that's awesome. And 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 a lot of our fans were, which is so it really warms my heart. And it's just great that, you know, we'll be able to make this game and, you know, do it in our tradition of of that, you know, good art, good design, that kind of stuff. So um we're very, very thankful for all the backers. Yeah, and since City of Mist was it was ninety thousand over its original goal, I think. Yeah, City of Mist originally was uh, something like that. I think we, we asked for 20 and then it was 100, like 85,000, yeah. Yeah. Now, you asked for 35 for Tokyo Otherscape, and now you're at 174 and 300, give or take. And Amazing. Got, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes because we have so many days left. But for those of my fans who are unfamiliar with the game, tell us a little bit about Tokyo Otherscape and Metro Otherscape. Yes, so Otherscape in general is our new line of cyberpunk fantasy uh, role-playing games based using the same engine as City of Mist, a little bit streamlined. We talked about it in different channels, but the base concept here is you are a mercenary working for either as a privateer or working for a corporation, crime syndicate, or government agency, some of those things, not for long, of course, because these things always go bad. Uh, But basically, you hunt and employ relics and esoteric knowledge that gives you access to mythological powers. So it combines the concept from City of Mist, where legends and mythology, creatures of mythology can manifest in the real world. But because this is cyberpunk, it's a dystopian future and the noise of all the media and the communications and the stimuli blocks people from awakening to their mythical nature. Now you have to run around and scrounge relics and secret formulas in order to tap into these uh, powers. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about it. It's kind of uh, something that's been brewing almost as long as City of Mist. It's another kind of setting that was inspired by mythology, but with a more cyberpunk twist. And I like the fact that it seems to be more than just, it's the city which is enclosed by the mist. It's the whole world you're able to access. Finally, it's not the out there, it's just out there. It's now, you know, the world. Yeah, it opens up. It's not about the city. It's not so much noir, although you can definitely play with 
the noir style in this, uh, like cyberpunk noir, you can do that. But it's not so much focused on the city. This is a global thing. This is cyberpunk. It's based on the real world. It's not really a continuation of City of Mist. It's more like, you know, it draws from its cosmology and maybe it's kind of a, we call it the metroverse now. Maybe there's a metroverse of cities and of urban role-playing games. But yeah, it's more than just like one city. It's the whole world and beyond. And that's going to open up tons of stories and campaigns and beyond and also i gotta say i like some of the major changes that we've seen so far like we're going from just mythos and logos to noise and it was meat now it's soul i think i think we're, yeah self we're still deliberating about the question of your like personal themes your assets your personality your training your expertise all these things yeah but as you said there are two other elements there is mythos and there is noise which is all the tech that's adding that disruptive element as well and i am excited to see what you can do with that what type of characters you can build because i like that's not just you're the mythoi it's that you are you find a relic where you when you find an area and it kind of gives you the you're the avatar of that being like the one pre-built character unagi who's essentially an eel princess i love that kind of mythology yeah i'm a huge myth nerd and it gives you <laughs> yeah that's like, if you're a myth nerd yeah <laughs> yeah i have like six ideas already brewing for characters to be made with different myths there you oh, go yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's gonna be a blast making up these new characters with all the options but, yeah but also going from two themes to three to four because you have the loadout as well it gives me a little like where did you come up with this idea i know that the noise makes sense but where did it originate from the concept of three yeah so we did kind of do three in city of mist because at, at one point with the expansion you could become a gatekeeper and you could get like mist themes whatever that's like a, an expansion but yeah and when we came to cyberpunk it was clear that there's going to be a theme type for technology and that choice between am I sacrificing parts of who I am in order to adopt this new technology? It's not because I'm adding technology, it's because I'm adding superhuman abilities. And now if I have a gun built in my hand and I can just like, you know, completely rip a room to shreds uh, whenever I want to, it changes who I am. So we knew there was that dichotomy and that kind of push and pull going to be. We also were adding the mythoi. And then when, you know, I kind of sketched this triangle, I was like, Oh my gosh, what happens if mytho and noise meet without any self? So that's kind of this weird cyberspace beings that are infused with mythological elements. And then, and then I was like, okay, we got to do this. Oh, so <laughs> the ghosts and the machines. Ghosts and the machine, exactly. This is going to be fun. I'm really going to like where this goes. Also, I like that you're streamlining. I mean, I love the core moves for City of Mist. But you're going from 8 to 5, and it's going to be interesting, and also with conflict changing. Uh, yeah, so explain the new rule set that I know that you are doing. You have that one video that's up, but... Yeah, so we recently dropped a video where I explained a little bit about our plans for streamlining the City of Mist engine. And we kind of said, okay, City of Mist, definitely the moves work for City of Mist, and that's great. But when you want to start hopping settings, between settings, it's going to get a little tricky. So we need to do some more universal moves. And also, because it's very built for City of Mist, different moves use the same mechanic. And we wanted to bring that down so that it's very clear which move to use in each situation. So um, we came back with very tentative names, but we came back with Conflict, Stunt, 
uh, resist, which is kind of a defensive move, and um, discover, which is getting like clues, like investigate in City of Mist, and buff and debuff, which we're not sure what we're going to call yet, which allows you to create new tags. But the main difference is between conflict and stunt, where conflict is an ongoing thing. You're trying to like deal damage, whether it's magical, legal, social, physical damage, and eventually max out your enemy where stunt is like this one thing skill check situation where I need to break through this door. I need to make a pull, pull off a stunt with my motorcycle. I need to hack something really quickly and I'm just checking whether or not that worked. So that's just it. Five words. The whole system is kind of boiled down into that. And it makes it a lot easier to understand. It's not that I have the two choices between do I want to hit him with all I've got or do I want to go toe to toe? Now it's just one concise choice of conflict. Yeah, then, exactly. So it's going to be easier. You're still going to be using the same characters, the same tags, the same danger profiles. Just a little tweak to make the system uh, that much better for this and, game. And speaking of the tags, I got to say I love the card system for the character sheet. Is this carrying over to Tokyo Otherscape or is it something else? Absolutely. No, no, yes. I mean, if you've looked at the Unagi character sheet, you see we have like the four cards for your themes. Maybe you'll have a fifth card for your loadout theme, which is a new addition. But yeah, and the ability to have your character go through dramatic transformation when you sacrifice something or when you kind of abandon a certain aspect of your character, you drop that card, you lose that power set, and then you get a new power set. All of that is staying. We did do minor tweaks on that, but generally that thing is uh, the core of what we do. So we love this engine. I hope it's also on the app. That would make it so much easier for if someone's running the game online. Yeah, so definitely the app. We're planning on having character creation and management on the app. It's not its core functionality, but it's already in development from before. So now we're probably going to sometime this year merge these two projects and have an app that can also... I was just on a meeting about this today, so I'm really excited about it have an app that allows you to create and manage City of Mist and Tokyo Otherscape characters, and probably Queer's characters as well. Oh, the Codex has me very excited. So is there anything else you could tell us about the Codex, or do we got to wait a little bit? Um, any other little hints? I mean, uh... I mean, a lot of it a lot of it we're showing. I mean, the idea of the Codex is like, I'm, I'm on my phone all the time, unfortunately, when you have a, you know, every, we, all, we all are. And I'd love to learn a new system on my phone without having to open a book. The book is beautiful. It's a sacred relic. It's fun to read like at night or I don't know if I have some spare time, I open it and it's much more immersive than an app, but I need something to allow me to navigate quickly through the content. And a part of the problem with phone PDFs is that they are still, yes, you can link them, but they are still a little rigid and linear. And here we can offer an experience that kind of crosses over from concept to concept and combines videos. Um, we combine a lot of read aloud text in our content, like when you go into a new scene or when you're learning the game. So that's gonna have some read aloud content, just like playable sound bites that instead of someone reading, you could have just play it on the app. So there's a lot of like this kind of non-linear approach to the book. I'm really excited about this. I really think that we need to kind of level up our game in the RPG industry in terms of how we share content and i have to admit that's a really ambitious goal and i hope that the rest of the rpg industry does follow that um, it's one that's a necessity because now with the usage of phone and how you have players and gms who try to use pdfs to get along with their players 
it's kind of important. Like I play with my players on Discord and on Roll20 and we usually have the PDF up, but then if we have to alter character sheet, we have to use something like Photoshop or GIMP to alter it and alter the tags and then we can throw it up. Now, if it's all in the app, it makes it a lot easier. So a uh, example would be, let's say we have a character that is a Bakemono demon hybrid that's mixed with a corporate scumbag. And uh, he, gets, <laughs> Love it. He, he gets hit with a corporate lawsuit. So instead of having to go to another window and open up now, he just has to hit the tag, throw it out. And so like we'll say the first yeah, is that's like the lawsuit idea. too. Which is good. That's the idea. I think that that it's really time to combine some of those VTT, uh, you know, virtual tabletop elements into apps like that, like companion apps, and um, we're we're ready to take a shot at it. I know a lot of other games do that as well, but I mean, it's time. It's really time to to move forward, you know, and use the tech. By the way, this app isn't that complicated as far as apps go. It's just it's time to do it. I can't wait for this to go through, but don't get me wrong. I love the app, but the book is what I'm really waiting for. Uh, I'm, I love hard copies, the whole book, the smell, the scent. I love the GM screen, and I'm excited for the D6s. Uh, sorry, D66s, because if you listen to the podcast, you know I love Dodecahedrons. It's kind of our shtick for our movie review, but I'm really excited because you're getting f- three of these for, what was it, Stretch Goal 4? Yeah, you're getting two of each in the in the pack. You're getting two uh, mythos, two self, and two noise dice. And yeah, I mean these dice. As soon as I saw this idea of double sixes, just like d12s that only have the numbers one to six on them, I was like, okay, we need to do that. That's a great custom thing for City of Mist because okay, we can we can have a lot of custom d6, but this is a, this is altogether something new. So yeah, we're we're. We're all over that, and we're very excited we're able to add that and add the tracking cards. We're looking forward to and pretty sure we're going to be unlocking the screen as well. So that's going to be a really great box to get. So I'm really hoping that you reach all nine stretch goals because I'm excited for the plus 50 character upgrades in the setting book. And part of me is also wondering... What other stretch goal ideas do you have? I mean, are you planning for a Knights of Pain Town style campaign in the future? Or is that something that you just want to hold on to for right now, a little bit further on? You know what I mean? That's a great question. We definitely would like to release a book, like a whole campaign. I think it would be so much fun to do something like that and mix together different types of mythologies. We're also excited about, unlock, and not unlocking, but creating new city books for other cities around the world and, and uh, tapping deeply into other mythologies like we're going to do for the Japanese mythology. So there's really a lot that we are very eager to expand this line too. Very excited. Nice of Paint Town is, you know, for me, it's like my baby because I wrote it all by myself. Now we have a much bigger uh, writing team. And uh, I mean, there is one case that's, that that was written by another writer uh, that should be mentioned. And these books are going to be written by a team of writers, amazing writers. Some of them are actually City of Miss fans who became writers on our garage, which is a user-generated platform. So that's incredible to have so many people involved in this. Well, I say if you cover anything specific areas, you should just have one section that's just for a mit, that's, you know, just yours. Like if it's No, absolutely. Specific. Okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick around. No, no I, definitely. I should... Yeah, because uh, Night of Pain Town, we're working through it, and we're having a lot of fun going through all the different cases. 
Um, oh, that's awesome. I love it. Which I got to ask, what case are you in? Um, case three on the personal vein. Right. <laughs> Good luck to your, to your what players. Am I, what am I? Oh, I've added, um, I tweaked a couple of things, but we're having a blast. Because, of course, like with any game, you know the rules. Once the campaign hits the players, what can go wrong yeah. will go wrong. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And actually, going on a bit of a tangent, I actually have some questions from some of my Patreon listeners. I asked them if they wanted to know anything. Oh, awesome. Okay, so the first question that we have for you is, what is your most memorable gaming experience as a player, as an MC, or when you're developing? Like, what is your most favorite moment or one of the most frustrating ones where you said after this i know never to do this again yeah yeah there's a couple there's a couple i think the one that i'm going to choose even though there are quite a few uh, memorable ones that i always kind of like remember the top one was probably my one of my play tests for city of mist which ended up being the personal vein of knights of pain town so that playtest was, it was amazing. You know, we started out and I'm from Israel. I was with an Israeli group and, you know, with City Miss, you can ask, I've, I tell the story a hundred times, but maybe your listeners haven't heard it yet. But like with your group, you can choose what is the nature of your crew in City of Mist. And I asked them, what do you want? And I said to myself, Amit, you have to give them full control because usually I like to control the story, but this is not the type of game and we're trying to create a different kind of game. And they're all like, we want to be a support group in a Jewish community center. Like, what are you talking about? This is our game? And, and they're like, yeah, that's what we want to play. Listen, it was the most craziest game. There was the craziest game I've ever played. All of the psychological stuff in the personal vein oh. come directly from that game, including the villain. It's just, it, it became something completely mental. And for me, it's just proof to how much you need to let your players take the reins because they're going to bring amazing things to the table. So the end, the finale of this really was a big, big moment in my gaming history for me. Very dramatic, very emotional, very psychological. And, and you can see all of that in Knights of Pain Town, I'm sure, if you're playing through it now. Oh, yeah. yeah no yeah, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking anything else. I want to be just as shocked as my players as we play through the story. So let's get to the second question. Now, this is one of my regular Patreons. They have a debate on something which is kind of important in the gaming culture when you're playing a game. And that is, should you have snacks during a TTRPG session? Yes or no? Of course. How do you do, how do, you do it without? I mean, I wouldn't open a whole you know, meal in the middle of it, but without snacks, I don't, I don't see how you can, because I, because how, how it's, how it's tabled up without <laughs> RPG without, what about you? Yeah. So I think snacks are okay. The guy who asked this is someone who's very, you can't have snacks during game because they're going to ruin the components, you know, no cheese, no Cheetos, no chocolate or sticky fingers, nothing crazy like that. I think, you know, you gotta have something, even if it's just gummy bears, or if you want to go even more healthy, you go with, celery and carrots and you get a little bit of hummus you know yeah why not yeah sounds great the problem with snacks is, is the, as the mc or the gm i can never get any because i'm always talking to someone yeah so they're always like snacking and i'm just looking at it yeah you're like you're gonna reach for something and it's gone you're like no what happened to it where did it go and i'm getting to the point where it's like with my players if we're playing a game that's in person I want to be like, okay, if you 
save some of the snacks from me, or you give me something, I'll give you 20 XP, or I'll give you a free tag if you take one of the pizzas and put a plate on it and hand it to me. You know, as long it's bribery, yeah, but hey, you got to get some snacks because otherwise you're going to be kind of tired. And but anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic, so let's actually get to the third one. Now, this is from a newbie. They just want some advice on what you need to do to get into the gaming world on the design end of it. Hmm. Well, actually, I've, I've been getting this question a lot in the last couple of weeks, and I answered very specifically on my answer. Uh, ask me anything on Reddit. So if you want to go and check that out. So very specific with like some, some things that you might want to look at and think about before you dive into that. I also am always happy to uh, chat to people who are interested in this and kind of give them more personalized advice. Uh, but very basically, I think um, you really want to know if you want to do this professionally or as a hobby. It's a big, big difference. If you want to do this professionally, it brings a lot of other things into it. Your game has to be commercially viable. You have to understand a little bit or learn, as I did, as you go, uh, how to run a business, how to do marketing. Marketing is going to be 50% of your time, 50% of your time. So it's not just fun and games. So yeah, it's, there's a lot that you need to learn and think about if you're going to go into it professionally. If you're doing it as a hobby uh, that you still want to release and get feedback from people and get win awards and stuff or whatnot, whatever is your aim, it's a little bit easier. But then there's a question of how to fund it, for which Kickstarter is a great solution. But yeah, check out what I answer there. And uh, if you have any questions, you're really welcome uh, to reach out to me. That's a really awesome answer. And I got one more question, and this is for me personally, because City of Mist was based off of you writing a modern retelling of Kul Kulain. And from one mythology nerd to another, I've just got to ask, what are your top three favorite myths out of all mythologies? Ooh, well, okay. One, the top one is very easy, because uh, I named the company after a kind of a variation on it. There is a Kuroi, who is an Irish... He's also in the Cahulian saga. He's an Irish witch king that lives in the southwest of the country. And he's this kind of figure that he's very much similar to the Green Knight in Arthurian myth. In fact, they're the same. And in general, and I answer this question always, there is a green man almost in every culture. There is Iron Hans, which we have a character based on. That's in the German. And it's always this magical giant or very strong individual who is a witch king or something like that. And I'm fascinated by the, the recurrence of this character throughout nations. So I think that's kind of like all my top three slots because there is also like an Islam-based one this kind of wise sage who's called the green and it's just really cool. Um, but I mean, really, is there an end to this as a, as a, as a mythology buff? There's no end to it. Every time I read a new one, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to make a character based. <laughs> oh yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Like there's this one legend myth I found out about from Australia called crooked Mick. It's the weirdest thing ever because he's essentially this folk hero, Paul Bunyan esque giant who no one can really describe what he looks like because either he walks crooked or he's got a crooked back or a crooked nose. But there's always these insane stories about him doing these crazy things like wanting to jump to the moon or being so lazy that eventually they got him to fish and he ended up emptying out the whole ocean of whales. It's kind of crazy. 
it's just <laughs> totally versatile <laughs> character and i was like i should make him as a villain in city of mist like, yeah, yeah. Just, it's just his power set is so random and unique that you could do stuff with but yeah yeah they can get very random i think also a lot of it they had it's the transition between the recorded and the oral version it's just so yeah. you know different you gotta love the different styles that they have i mean a good example is my wife greta um she was raised in hawaii and kind of cool thing we ended up talking with someone else about the menehune and it led to a 45 minute conversation uh that's okay which one is that the menehune are these little dwarf people who live on hawaii who you're not supposed to see them and if you see them bad things happen they're also connected with the night marchers who are the ancient hawaiian warriors who kind of roam around at night with their drums and their torches and if you hear the drums, gotta look this up so if you look up hawaiian myths look up the night marchers and the menehune and if you see the night marchers or hear them you're you're pretty much done look at the ground crouch down play dead um (laughs) They aren't malevolent, but you can't interrupt the procession at all. Like I said, my wife was kind of raised in that culture, so kind uh, of talk about this. Uh, I'm getting off topic. Uh, That's another thing that repeats in many cultures: the procession, the invisible procession. You have it in Irish. You have it in the Wild Hunt. You have it in Europe. You have it, obviously, in Hawaii as well. Or evidently, yeah, it's really cool. We actually had a really good. We received a really good pitch for. Honolulu otherscape, believe it or not, there's a lot of like, you know, tension that this writer suggested between the commercialism and the ravaging of the land over in Hawaii. Fascinating. I'd love to, you know, to do it one day. Oh, yeah. It's a really rich and vibrant culture with all the elements of tradition versus modernization. And I really hope you kind of do something with it. It'd be really cool as an expansion book. Anyway, let's get off this tangent and get back to the last question I have for you, which is so out of the current pre-built, pre-generated characters for Tokyo Otherscape, which one is your personal favorite? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh my gosh, it's like choosing your between your children. So we're still writing them. We have the concepts on the on the Kickstarter. We're still writing the actual tags for so it's not like finalized, but it's really hard to choose between them. We have a really cool one that's kind of based actually on Islamic lore. And I'm really eager to see how that goes. It's like this, we call it a Sufi freedom fighter, even though there's very little chance that a true Sufi would take up arms, I think, in many ways. But yeah, so it's this kind of a person who's trying to actually fight to free people from the noise, uh, but they're blind. So they had to kind of, as we call it, accept the will of the divine and take on a, a sight enhancement. So there's always this struggle between they need technology to survive, but they also want to free people. And this person will have the esoterica theme type, so they will be able to summon genies and angels and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a fighting priest with a, with a, with a complex, like all characters in, in the, this engine. So uh, that's I, one of the ones. Hearing about this character makes you want to play this game so much more. I've gotten so excited just to play this and immerse myself into the Tokyo Otherscape. And I have tons of other questions in my head, but like the noise is kind of just shorting it out. I just... <laughs> so anyway, um, do you have any questions for me personally? Um, well, yeah, I mean, what what kind of mythology would you like to see? You're the expert, so what would you like to see in the, so, in the game? So I'm a bit conflicted because... Everyone knows about Greek and Roman and Norse mythology, but there's so much more out there. And part of me is like, maybe do some Puerto Rican 
heritage, like the Taino Indians and all those mythologies. And also, I'm a fan of Middle Eastern culture. And I know that you're from Tel Aviv, so maybe you can focus on that. Something very different and unknown. Yeah. I am a, perhaps some of the subcontinent stuff, or you can go South American, or something just out of the norm. Different. Yeah, something yeah, normal. definitely. Not something out of the norm. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is something a bit more culturally inclusive, because there's hundreds of countries which have mythologies and histories and we could focus on all of those not just the same ones over and over again so something different yeah i really like to hear it because that's kind of my inclination i want to go to cities that would not be on the top 10 of every game you know i really just want to explore um you know we've mentioned places like lagos and places like rio which you know, yeah, I guess maybe Rio, it's a lot of people, it's popular, but actually Brazilian mythology, I don't think is well known enough. I think tapping into that would be interesting. Honolulu, I think definitely a, um, an Arab city. I mean, yes, we want to do Cairo and Alexandria and the Egyptian gods just because it's they're so cool, but um, also tapping into other things. There's just so much out there. And I think that kind of repeating the same I also think that our fans like the ones that they don't know just as much and sometimes even more than the ones that they know. So yeah. they like learning about new mythology through the game. So yeah, yeah I'm definitely on the same wavelength as you and uh, I hope to be able to kind of steer it in that direction while maintaining, you know, appeal to, to people who just want their uh, bread and butter mythology. Well, I gotta say, I am excited to see where Metro Otherscape is going, and I cannot wait to see what happens next. Uh, you guys are doing amazing, and the Son of Oak Games, you guys keep up the good work. Amit, thank you so much for making an amazing game system that makes me want to play and learn more about the different mythologies so much. And you, you and Son of Oak Games are doing amazing work that I think needs to be done. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on this episode and for making an amazing bunch of games. And if my fans want to find you, where can they look? Uh, they can find me on the City of Mist um, website. They can find me on the Kickstarter with our Kickstarter that's running right now. I'm on Twitter. Again, City of Mist RPG. And yeah, those are the only place. Reddit. It's very easy to find me. <laughs> Let's yep. put it that way. Just look and, for City of Mist. And how many more days until the Kickstarter is finished? Yeah, we have another 22 days, I believe, and um, we're very excited about it. So let's see. Yeah, another 22 days, and we're already kind of inching towards our next goal. Yeah, it's going to be very, very exciting. You know, tell your friends about it. Definitely the finale will be very interesting to see how far we can uh, push it and what other things we can unlock. So stay tuned. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this amazing episode. Have a great day. And as usual, I'm your host, Zan. Thank you again, Amit. Pleasure. We are Gonsville. Catch you guys next time and keep playing games.